Amen. It is always a thing of joy to find good time to come to God's house. And I think one of the reasons that I'm going to start off this evening with is sometimes we need to remind ourselves why it is expedient that we always find time to come to the house of God. And I believe it is out of that experience that David established that powerful scripture that said, I was glad when it was announced to me, let us go to the house of God. I, I like to believe that he didn't say that to just flatter himself. It's simply because in the house of God, there is something that guarantees gladness. Are you with me here, saints of God? And that's why you would observe in scripture, he made it clear also that in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. Meaning no matter how sad or depressed you are, if you can find your way to God's presence, the depression and sadness will leave your life alone. And so you should understand that you cannot function too far out of God. You would agree with me that a proverb in Yoruba says, a stream that is disconnected from its source is just a question of time. It will dry up. And I believe that if you are here today with your heart applied to what God is going to do, you will remain refreshed in the name of Jesus. You will not go back the same way you came in the name of Jesus. If you are that person, can I hear a better good amen? amen. Alright, this evening, it promises to be an encounter with God's word. And my prayer is that God will give clarity, God will give precision, God will eliminate every form of demonic or satanic interference to the flow of his word this evening, that everything that will be uttered from this podium, this pulpit, will transmit strength and hope into our lives in the name of Jesus. That for every word that the Lord will deliver in your direction today, we give hope and faith in your life in the name of Jesus. That by the time God is done with you in his presence today, you look forward to another Wednesday experience in Jesus' name. Last Wednesday, which is where I'm going to kick off from, I know of us were around last Wednesday, I mean, of us, when Pastor Collins took an amazing expression of the subject we've been dealing with since the beginning of July. I mean, of us were around on Wednesday, last Wednesday. Amazing. I sat over there and I was soaking in every details of what the man of God was offering to us. Particularly when the senior pastor started to give a dimensional contribution that blew my mind. I'd like to submit to somebody who is a believer in this auditorium this evening that if you start to develop an habit of getting too used or familiar to God's word, from that moment, the word of God starts becoming meaningless and less resourceful in your life. The Bible made it clear that his words they are new every morning. I want to celebrate you, man of God. It was such a simplified expression of the subject matter, which is let our life give glory to God. A life that brings glory to God. And in the place of grace and privilege this evening, I would take it a bit further because we cannot exhaust everything about the content of glory. It's important we understand that the subject matter is of eternal value to our existence. Here on earth, our life demands that we give God's glory. And when we are gone, men should still use our life as a reference to glory to God. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, it says the memory of the righteous is blessed. So it is not a subject matter you take with, 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 with levity, carelessness. It is the total definition of the God factor in our lives. 
Our life is completely senseless and meaningless when glory is not demonstrated. I want to celebrate that if you recall cleverly, for those who have been taking good notes of scriptures and the teachings so far, if you recall that the month of June, the focus on teaching was serving God wholeheartedly. And you will recall that in the teaching, while they were giving it all the multiplicity of meaning, one of the clear factors that was settled is that wholeheartedness is the, is the full demand of God from man. God would rather have you fully wholeheartedly than have you partially wholeheartedly. You know, he said something in Revelation. He said, I would rather prefer you are hot. Listen, you are hot or cold, meaning in your cold state, God can still manage you. I would rather prefer you are hot or cold. But you know what I will not tolerate? Lukewarmness, neither hot nor cold. As a matter of fact, it's not just say I won't tolerate it. He said, I will spit you out. You become an irritation to me. If you are going to be a believer, be a believer. God can deal with that very well. If you want to be an unbeliever, let us know that we can preach a message of redemption and salvation to save you. But to say you are a believer, you are neither here nor there. You are just a clear subject of confusion, either in the realm of the spirit or in the natural. Now, all of the teachings so far, from wholeheartedness to where we are, because to enjoy the fullness of glory, is not with a partial attention. It's a wholehearted concept. So you'd agree that the sequence of the teaching is a build-up to the ultimate prophecy of the year that says in this year, the Lord will what? Settle us. And people are already testifying. And I know it's somebody's turn this evening. People are already giving testimony of how God has settled them this year. And I'm a privileged beneficiary of that prophecy. This evening, in continuation of the subject's a life that brings, God, that brings God glory, I'll be taking us into another dimension because you'd agree that revelation is progressive in nature. The Bible speaks of the multiple, multiple faceted, multiple dimensional wisdom of God. And so I have titled the one for this evening, so please pay attention, because it's going to be a complete drift from where we're coming. And I will give reasons for that. Can I have my slide for today's teaching? Thank you, multimedia. Can we see that? Can we read it out? Saints of God. I need you to look at the image, image on the screen. And I need to sincerely ask this question. What comes to mind looking at that image on the screen? Anybody wants to. You know, it's a beautiful interactive. I mean, I enjoyed last week, Wednesday. God bless you, Pastor Collins. You know, you made it such a beautiful meeting. I was really blessed. Look at that image on the screen. Looking at it, what comes to mind? Someone please just help me a little. Connecting it with the subject matter. The battle of glory continues. Anybody? A warrior. Thank you, Ma. Another person. A fighter. The question is, what is the connection of a warrior and glory? I remember a song that um, some of you must have heard before. Maybe you know the meaning of the song. 
Haraumbe Timo Feda Kayimakpa Kadaramida Haraumbe. Now, if you're not from Yoruba clan, you probably won't understand what that means. It means this. According to the scripture on, this, on the screen, please let's read together here. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have what? For what? I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Meaning every one of us seated here today, there is a deposit of glory in our lives. Am I correct? But there is a big question. How come not everybody give expression to this glory? I will take you to a story of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. When Jesus came out of the fasting experience, he met with someone who is the enemy of our faith. They call his name the devil, Lucifer, Satan. The Bible says Satan tempted him and in the course of the negotiation and temptation for his glory, Satan offered him something. Remember that scripture in Matthew chapter 4? Let's read from verse 4 if you have it, multimedia, so that we can read together here. But he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, which is what we're doing right now. The next verse, please. Then the devil took him. Now, watch this encounter. This was a man that came down from fasting, 40 days. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Mm -hmm. Next verse, please. And said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. That is temptation number two. Next verse, please. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. The next verse, please. Verse 8. And what? Again. Listen to that. The devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. You know, if this was a teaching about Jesus, devil, I would have asked, how, they, how would Jesus be following Satan in this kind of conversation and interaction and journey? I mean, you took him from here, you took him from there, then you... I mean, but it's not for today. And the devil took him high up on the exceeding high mountain... And did what? And showed him all what? The kingdoms of the world and what? And their glory. In exchange for what? He said to him, all these things I will give you if you will what? Fall down and worship me. If he can do that, he will give him what? Glory. Meaning this subject of glory is so priceless. I pray none of us will lose our glory in the name of Jesus. Our children will not lose their glory in the name of Jesus. This evening, my intention is clear. I pray and I plan that God will use my mouth to activate some sense of vexation in your heart as you are seated in this auditorium tonight. That if you, if you become too casual about the glory of God upon your life, you will end up a casualty 
in the history of life. There is none that God designed and created. If you read in the book of Revelation chapter 4, I believe from verse 9, can we have that quickly again? I want to establish the fact that God gave everybody glory, but not everyone will come to the full manifestation of that glory. And the requirement to come to the full manifestation is the purpose of this teaching. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, who sits on, on the throne, who lives forever. The creature gives him what? Honor and thanks. From, read, give me verse 11 quickly. Verse 11. Just verse 11. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive what? Glory and what? Honor and power. For you created what? All things. And by your will they exist. Created them for glory, honor, and power. So, the summary of last week Wednesday. Write it down again and I'm going to take it off from there. When we did all our explanation and conversation and interaction on Wednesday, he came to this conclusion according to the senior pastor. He said, if you are not giving God glory, then your life is in what? You know, it's not such a good word that you are confident to say. Some people have not seen shame before, and my prayer is that you will not see shame. Because the cure for shame is a glorified life. People are in pain and affliction because their life is deprived of expression of glory. So listen to this truth. There are two dimensions of glory here. Yeah? The one the devil can offer for those in the world and the glory that God can give to those in the kingdom. Pay attention. There are those right now who they are doing everything to become celebrity at any cost just to be perceived to be glorified. So let me give you a statement quickly. What is the byproduct of glory? I will put it this way. Number one. Commendation from God is glory. Commendation. When God commends you, it's a byproduct of what? That you are a glorified being. God commended a man like we in the Bible. Job. Abraham. David. And you. God should commend you. Now listen to me. The assessment and the performance index of God is not the same thing with man. Because man looks at the outward appearance, God searches what? The heart. I can tell you something very interesting here. That in a church of this capacity, it is surprising that there's just one person who is not as active as even the pastor. That God sees the goodness of his heart and we commend him in the last day. One of the byproducts of glory is that you enjoy divine commendation. And they are all littered in the Bible, people that God are commending. Until date, God is still commending men. You can remember his story concerning Abraham. He said, can I do such a thing without first telling my friend Abraham? That is how men have enjoyed God's relationship. Glory. What is the second byproduct of glory? When men commend God through you. When men commend God through you. There are people that People look at them and say, man, because you are a Christian, I will follow Christ all the rest of my life. Now, saints of God, pay attention. The total objective of all this teaching is to achieve those two things. God commending you, man commending God through your life. Now, that will now take us to the next scripture. How would man commend God through your life? Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, establish that. Matthew chapter 5, establish how would man 
commend God through your life. Then we will now connect it to what we need to do because this battle is a real battle of glory. Matthew chapter 5, 16, not 6. 16, Matthew 5, 16. Look at how men will commend God through you. We know the scripture, right? It said, let your light so shine before who? Men is not talking about angels here. Men like Sister Minister Shema, my brother over there. What people say about you on behalf of God matters. Let us be Christians. Don't let your life be an insult to God. Now, I'm paying to an extent that the social media right now, the credibility of the church is under serious threat. Because they are saying all kinds. The life of the so-called generals is becoming a concern. And I tell you free of charge, God is watching. Let your light so shine before men that they may see what? If what you are reading is your own Bible, not a borrowed one. That's why the are copy Bible is very... Underline the word, what they will commend is good works. Circle the word good works in your Bible. When they see the success of the good works, then the next thing they will do is glorify God. So, there will be no glory without a successful good works. So, a lazy man has nothing to offer God when it comes to glory. So, the starting point to the journey of men commending God through you is that whatever you are doing must be very good. So, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. You know, we live in a world where we have trapatite enemies. Trapatite enemy means we are fought on all sides. Paul said, I am fought on all angles. We have an enemy called self. You know, you can be enemy to yourself. When the thing in your heart is right from the thing in your head, and there is war in your body, you say, no, 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 no. no. I mean, I, I have tried to understand which is more painful. Paras, um, um, uh, AIDS, AIDS or cancer. They try to do the analysis, which is more painful. Cancer is very painful. And then has no cure. As we speak right now, they're already developing um, 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 vaccine for AIDS, HIV. And then they did a quick study on why cancer is so deadly. They realized that it's so deadly because a white blood cell is eating another white blood cell in your body. White blood cell that should defend your system is now eating. So which one would they kill or cure? That is you becoming an enemy of yourself. The second layer of enemy we are dealing with is who? The devil. Is our known enemy. Pretending you are not at war already makes you a casualty of war. Not knowing you are at war 24 hours as a believer already makes you a casualty. So we have the devil constantly. The Bible said he's, lo- he's, he's moving around. Looking for who? And I can bet you today he has divorced some people. But because you are here, it's an indication that he was not able to devour you. Who is the third enemy? Oh, sir. So sorry, sir. Uh, can I take you back a little bit? Yes, I made the statement, you are either bringing glory to God or bringing shame to God. There's no middle house. You are either gathering or scattering. You are either for me, he said, or you are against me. Now, leave that scripture up there, Matthew 5, 16. 
can we just leave scripture on the screen it says let your light so shine before men that they see how you live how you endure hardship how you are kind and that they may glorify your father in heaven the book of Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. For a New Testament believer, what he's saying is, the proof that you are a Christian is people must see you and look to God and bless God because of you. True. The scripture says, many thanksgiving will arise because of some people. Some people, they're not members of this church. They just met you in the bus. They go to their church and they do thanksgiving because they met somebody that reminds them of an angel. On the other hand, give us Romans 2 verse 24. It is the truth that your life at every point in time is either giving glory to God or bringing shame. Let's read this one. For the name of God is blasphemed amongst the Gentiles because of you. Someone say, God forbid. Say, it's not my passion in Jesus' name. Because of some people, people glorify God. Because of some people, the name of the Lord is blasphemed. Can I tell you something? Part of what they're writing in social media is true. The house of God is divided into two segments. Those giving, bringing glory to God and those bringing shame. If we start talking like this, church will change. So this subject of bringing glory to God, if you don't accept it, you're already bringing shame to God. And if you say you accept it and you don't start practicing it, you're a fraud. I rest my case. Let's celebrate our pastor. You know, as pastor was speaking... <clears throat> You are aware that if you've been a preacher for many years of your life, the real message that transformed the life of people is not what you wrote in your notes. It's what the Holy Ghost is inspiring per moment. As a pastor was speaking, it just occurred to me that, look, if everybody would do self-examination of themselves, self-assessment of their life, you'll be able to give yourself a score sheet to say, truly, the things I do behind the closed door and the things I do outside, do they really match for glory? You know, when you come to church and your conscience remains unshaken, I don't think the God met with you. If you came to church and you go back with your heads down thinking, then the journey of transformation has started in your life. We cannot play down the fact that power, glory, and honor, they work together. I, I, I felt the pain and the energy of Pastor Yomi on Sunday when he was trying to provoke us and things are going south. Things are going bad for a nation. It's so going bad that if you think the church can survive in a crazy nation, we are deceiving ourselves. Even the church itself will be threatened. And he was saying all of that. And it dawned on me that if the concentration of lights in this place, you know, the Bible says we are the light of the world. The world is currently filled with darkness, thick darkness. If everybody truly will shine their light, there is no negotiation between light and darkness. They don't discuss. Instantly one gives room. Now don't assume that darkness is weak. It's not weak. Because if you switch off all the lights here, darkness takes over without negotiation or compromise. 
But if you also switch on the light, darkness also moves back. They understand territory. This subject matter is to pierce through the intent of your thought and ask myself a question. Ask that same question. Is my life reflecting glory or shame? And then it's okay to say that it's not just about glory and shame to, for people to call you a Christian. Is that, look, listen to me. Listen to this. A man that is gasping for breath in, in, in ICU, dying, dying. Do you think it's the best of time to go and teach such a man how to use faith? No. What you need to offer such a man is what? A miracle of life. Am I correct? Your life cannot be a description of poverty. And you think somebody will be endeared towards you. Because the poverty state and the painful afflicted state, it's not the will of God. No, God did not make provision for that. Going through is normal, I will get there. Don't stay there. And the pathway to walk out of life's affliction is the subject matter of this evening. Glory. There is no glory and shame. There is no mixture in it. It's either it is glory or it is shame. Let's examine ourselves as we speak. Looking at that scripture again, the one in Matthew 5, 16. I'm bringing it to the, to the, um, um, to the slide. The battle of glory continues. I asked myself when I read that Matthew 5, 16. I said to myself, when Satan, listen to this story, you know it's a Bible study, when Satan, you know man was not the initiator of war. War did not start with mankind. No, 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 no. The idea of fighting one another was not a product of mankind. War started where? Heaven. The war didn't end in heaven. It only changed location. From heaven to where? Earth. What do you think Lucifer was fighting for when the war started in heaven? Eh? The same glory of God. So this glory currency is not a joke. So if he could contest glory with God, if he could contest glory with God, and he saw how God has given you glory, what do you think Satan should, think, uh, should be trying to do? Is to take your glory, collect your own. So I came to this conclusion. All the two ultimate strategy of the enemy is to continue to devise mechanism that will continue to create separation between man and God. I can tell you free of charge. A lot of people love to be in this service. But economic reason, economic constraint has deprived them that opportunity. Devil will not make the economy better because if it makes the economy better, some of you will begin to love God more. Yes. Some of you want to be givers. But honestly, you don't have what to give. You really have a heart to give. So the devil is doing everything. Using economic to separate us. Some people are not here because they are depressed. They are sad. They are not happy. They are not happy with their life. So, and they tell themselves, what do you use going to church? So the devil increased the affliction level. You know, when Moses got to them in, in Egypt, and um, they were going to release them, Pharaoh said, no, it's not their fault. Shabbat is because we are supplying them the raw material to make the brick. That is why they have time to want to say they want to be free. Uh, I know what to do. When I increase their affliction, they will not have time for God. The devil is increasing the affliction of many believers so that we will not have time for God. You see, that man is clever. He's been around for a while. 
Everything he thinks about in terms of innovation or software application is to separate God and man. And a lot of people are vulnerable to that. Ah! Paul looked at it. He said, what shall separate me? Eh? Until you get to that level of addiction for God, you can still be vulnerable to the, to the winds and the trials of the wicked. Paul wrote it down there in that Romans. What shall separate me from the love of God? Then he started to list it. He said, not poverty, not affliction, not rain, not economy, not, not prison yard, nothing. Not, if some of us experience half of what he wrote, you won't be in church. What shall separate me? Until your mind is fixated permanently. That nothing. You see, God is not an option. Lay your long, alone, Oshini. Am I correct? Sir, God is not an option. Lay your long, alone, Oshini. But in a generation that the devil is ploying and part, creating alternatives. You love God. That's why you are here this evening. Celebrate yourself to say, ah, you know, no, no, no. Honestly, you love God to be here. No, don't lie to me that you were not discouraged to come this evening. At a point, you almost changed your mind from coming. But you know what you told yourself? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. The devil is fighting that our works will bring shame to God. The devil is fighting tooth and nail. And I need someone. Please take me back to that slide. The devil is fighting tooth and nail. Because when your work is successful, it will be very natural to give God glory. Pastor Sefer shared a testimony a couple of weeks back while he was preaching. He said there's a lady that comes to receive contracts in, 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 in the office. Am I correct? That's testimony. And that whatever that lady does is so very successful. That at a point, he thought the lady in question was the MD of Zenith. Because the, man, the woman was just an emblem of success. In fact, the way Pastor Tiffany puts that, said the woman had a Midas touch. Midas touch means everything she touches becomes gold. Then in one of the meetings where they were celebrating her birthday, they had to ask the glorified question. Ah, saints of God, men will soon ask you that question. No, 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 no. That amen does not like the like, like victorious amen. Minister Shema, imagine someone coming to ask you, please, which church do you attend? Can I just attend? It's a byproduct of over years and over time of studying you that the sequence of your spiritual experience and authority and dominion is beyond argument. The devil is fighting our works. But what is missing is this. We are not acting like we need to defend the glory. That is what you see there. Look at that man holding a spear in his hand to say, What? I won't let go of my glory. In the Yoruba version, if you enter the church like CAC, only a show, Nick You know, Ogo, is Gogo is glory, Abi? Ogo, no me, it's son. What is Gogo, no way? Eh? He's a moving carcass. Nothing good except God visits him. We see, we see them on social media. They said the man just dropped him and then she ran mad. The good things in his life, they have removed it. Because when men slept, the enemy did that. Today, our responsibility as a privileged servant of God to you is to communicate strength and truth in a manner that until you are glorified, the man of God cannot sleep. The man of God will stand here 
and say we need to move to permanent sites. And five of you, five of you will rise up and say, it's costing us five billion. Five says one, one billion. And so it shall be according to your faith. Listen to one of the revelations I caught from the man of God in one of the quotes. I don't know if Pastor, Le Pastor Leke had added to his quote, compilation of Pastor Femi's quote. I don't know if you have heard this from him before. In the early days when I first joined the church, it was a quote I heard from his lips. I think then there was a car that he brought. I think it was a Ford Jeep. And the son said, Pastor, your car is lovely. You know what he answered the person? He said, they are just toys of salvation. Pastor Collins, toys, the same way billions because it was not the billions that made you. It is God in you that created. No, if they remove the billion, you still produce another one. He said the life of a man is not consistent in what he has. They are toys of salvation. I want to drop for a conversation now. You know, it's an interactive service, and my question is going to be very simple. Why is the devil contending our glory? Why? Why is he after it? Why doesn't he want you to just show you? Look at, if you look at your life, the only thing that is changing is your age. We're already in July. In the next couple of days, we're going to be in August. And you are wondering what is going on. Something somewhere is just made up his or her mind to frustrate you. And this evening, the Lord will speak deliverance into our lives. Why is the enemy resisting our light from shining? Think about it. Why? Perhaps in the course of my talk, I answered you. One of the answers I will give is, the more frustrated you are, the further away you walk from God. True or false? God, the devil is doing everything to separate you from God. The second thing the devil is doing is that he's collecting your original glory to give you a substitute. That was what he wanted to give Jesus. Remember that story in that? He told Jesus, I will give you your glory. Now, let us listen to this. Your glory is both here on earth and in heaven. We have seen sons of God, daughters of God, who are skilled singers, skilled singers, who left the church to go and become secular singers. What do you think they're looking for? fame and glory. Why? Because they assumed or they presumed that the church cannot make them glorified. You know, I heard of a lady who, is such a great, who was a great singer. The mother attends a particular known church. She was, a, she was in the choir, but she left the choir to go and become what? A secular singer. If we don't teach you how to defend your glory, it's just a question of time. Some of you will abandon what we're saying, and you're going to look for alternative glory out there. That will not be your portion. While you're thinking of what to think, to say, to why is the devil affecting your glory, I want to drop on your notes quickly three fundamental sources of losing glory. Three fundamental sources of losing glory. Your life is evident in the scripture we have on the screen that you are an object and, and a, 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 someone made to be glorified. There is nobody useless in this place. You can lose glory. Number one, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 21, we heard the story of a boy that they took something from them and the Bible told us glory departed. It's called Ichabod. Ha! Pay attention to me, oh. pay attention. 
And as I pray for you today in the name of the Lord Jesus, whatever has been taken from your life, that has suddenly made your life void of glory, they took the Ark of the Covenant. While the Ark of Covenant was walking out of Israel, they were giving birth to a child. And as the covenant ark of that left Israel, they said, Yeah, the glory has departed. I pray for you. Whatever has been taken from you, life, whether as a child, whether as an adult, on this altar, this covenant altar that we pray, everything that has been taken away that's taken away your glory. In this service, the Lord will restore it. Ikabod, the glory departed. They are just moving around. They are walking like elephants, eat like ants. Ikabod. Glory can be diminished through someone taking something vital in your destiny. In the case of Ikabod, I pray for parents. They were going to destroy the glory of the man called the Savior himself. They announced that they saw his star. They saw his star, right? They saw the star of Jesus. And the next move they made was what? To kill him. You know you have a star that whether you are seeing it or you are not seeing it, some people are seeing it. And under this covering today, God will preserve and protect you. Amen. What is another way you can lose your glory? Remember what he said in Romans chapter 3, verse 23? He said, shall we continue in sin? That, no, the one I want to quote is 23. He said, all are sin. And of what? come short. You can't continue in iniquity and expect glory to, to increase. I didn't write it to Romans 3.23. Is there? For all have sinned and what? For sure. So you are currently not in your full capacity of glory because of the mixture of iniquity. Today you are righteous, tomorrow you are holy. Today you are righteous, tomorrow you are holy. Nobody will be at loss but you. You just continue to diminish the glory. There is something called low current from Nepal. Nothing shields the brightness of your glory as strong as the hand of iniquity. While your mates are saying, thank you, Jesus, you are busy saying, Lord, forgive me. Depart from iniquity gradually, glory automatically will increase. It's the same balance. Number three, Glory can become shame. Glory can become shame through the power of whispers and rumors. Oh no, listen to this. That's a very common one. You don't know me and you are busy backbiting. Look at what he said in the book of Psalm 4 verse 2. Psalm 4 verse 2, if you have it. Psalm 4 verse 2. He said, how long ago you sons of men will you turn my glory to what? Shame. May men not turn your glory to shame. May men not turn your glory to shame. Haven't established the ways you can reduce glory. That is one of the things you need to start to do. Both in prayer and in practice. Pray that whatever has been taken away from me that has resulted to Ichabod, Lord, restore it. Lord, anything called sin in me that is preventing my glory from shining. Lord, stop it. Give me grace to resist it. Finally, Lord, let the works of my hand not be converted to shame through the whispers of men, the commendation of men. I'll take you finally to the process of glory. Can I have this slide? 
the slide, the pathway to a glorified life. Not this one, the second one, if you have it. <clears throat> Pay attention, friends, saints of God. There is a pathway to have a glorified life. And in this kingdom, it works differently compared to the other kingdom. As we speak right now, there is a program ongoing on DSTV. On DSTV and they promised the winner of that program, 100 million. For those who have seen that program in the past, <laughs> it is the same old trick the enemy is using. The same old trick of spicing their mouths. The same 100,000. Yeah, there, there, there was a woman sometimes, I think on Thursday or Wednesday, named Amusa. You remember that young lady who made Nigeria proud? To be Amusa. Guess how much they offered her? Dollars. The equivalent in Naira is how much? It's about 64 million thereabouts. It's not up to 100 million. Someone will win the best graduating student of an institution. <clears throat> and they will offer the person a check of how much? In your human sense, and you have to make a choice. I remember one of the interesting humorous remarks made by the senior pastor. I'm not sure if it was here or in the church office. He said, if American ship showed up at our Tinkan, it was church office. American ship just came and said, if you want to come to America, come and enter this ship. Pastor said, even your wife, he said, John, 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 I didn't say it, oh, I heard it. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> there is a worldly formula to assume a state of glorification. There is a worldly formula. Believe me, some are applying it every day. If believers don't master their own formula, it's just a question of time you will envy them and they will tempt you away. In this kingdom, there is also a formula to attain the state of glory. For all that was offered to Jesus, some men of God will have collected it. Turn the stone. You know why you will turn the stone? I just finished 40 days. I will show you I have power. Eh? Was the battle about power? <laughs> Yeah, you are telling me 40 days. I will give you this whole kingdom. All you just need to do. Ah, now we're going to think about it. All these years I've been bowing to God. He didn't give me even a city. This one wants to give me the whole world. But a man with a great understanding knows that the whole world, compared to even you that you are talking, I own you. The owner of heaven and earth is my master. Ah, no. But Jesus would not have said no to that temptation if he didn't have the privilege of revelation. He knew something that Satan didn't know. Someone said marriage is not working again. 
He said, because not everything is transaction. That men ask women, what are you bringing to the table? Ah, when did we introduce table on this matter? Eh? Table? There is the kingdom pattern and kingdom order. By the time you open the book of Romans chapter 8, you have to explain it to them that it's called... Now, I am going to use this illustration to drive home the step and the formula for a glorious life. First and foremost, everything in this kingdom is regulated by divine timing. Do you want to disagree with me? No, honestly, I don't know what you are feeling or what you are going through right now. But trust me, so long you are on the list of heaven, your time will come. Jokingly, I used to amuse myself when the Bible gave the illustration of two people who were building a house. He said one was building, one built on the rock and one built on the sand. I imagine that while the one that was on sand was building, it would have been made, making visible obvious progress. While the one building on the rock was, because to eat the rock, you will dig, 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 dig. Hey, man of God, my sister, you are not wasting your time. You are waiting for your time. <laughs> Believe me. Don't listen to that dirty voice. When it comes to calendar of heaven, there is nothing like too late. Ah, you know one thing I love about God? He took all the extreme situation of life and placed them in the Bible. In case you're about to give up, your matter can't be like Sarah. Can anybody here want to give birth at age 90? Nobody. For those who are saying, would I ever have a husband? He said, your matter can't be worse than like, like, like roots. Because there is a poor house for you. But you know what? The enemy of faith and patience is I remember a man praying, God give me patience. God give me patience. He was praying, God give me patience. Lord give me patience. I said, give me patience now now. God saying, you asked me to give patience and you're already in a hurry to receive patience. <laughs> ah. In this, oh, yes, thank you, sir. Absolutely, sir. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. If you trust God, you will not panic. Believe me. Nobody will leave this planet on the, on the faith of God that will go ashamed. Nobody. Not one person. Do you trust him? Can you sleep in his hand? They said the boat was on top of the sea. The man was sleeping. He's a man that understands the God he serves. Nobody can change your testimony. Look, where men said it's a full stop, God can put a comma. The story continues. Ah, you came here to receive strength. You came here to be assured that it is only God that has the final say. He said they finished his life. He said, no. Remember the story of Job? They thought it was over. They thought it was over. And I can bust my, put my hand on my chest. Nobody in this auditorium would like to experience Job. Uh -huh. Your current situation is not half of Job. If Job said, in all this, I know my redeemer leave it then you can say better. In this kingdom, the journey of glorification requires time. Because it's in the timing that character is built. Because it is the building of the character that sustains the glory. Credentials can open the door, but attitude will keep you in the career. Pardon me, sir. You know, someone mentioned something very interesting to me. He said, you inspired me. I said, how? He said, there was a time I used to see you sit over there. And I was watching. I said, you need to have understanding that in this church business, 
the real CEO is Jehovah El Shaddai. The man you should have in focus is God. Can I tell you why? I didn't enter here by choice. God planted me here. He's the only one that has a final right to say go. If you left where God planted you, you will dry up. It's just a question of time. So people will get offended and angry and leave God's house. God's house is not your work environment. They call it the house of God. And I can tell you here, believe me, God is not interested in all your gymnastics or prayer. If you can pass character tests before God, you have passed the ultimate test. You know what they call character test? Patience, calmness, loving kindness. You are not, if you are too prone to offense easily, you won't last in the journey with God. As a matter of fact, timing won't even favor you. In this kingdom, the pathway to glory requires true faith and patience they obtained. And when in due course came, am I still sitting there? No. It is the right of the shepherd who has the, the staff and the rod to correct you when you step out of line. If the father of this house cannot correct you, then you are not a bona fide child of that man. You can look for another father. And then you might end up being a bastard. Number two, the way to your glory is not, you are not the architect of it. He said, I'm the way. Don't find an alternative way. Bible speaks of, he said, there is a way that symmetry right. I saw it in Proverbs. Have you seen it in Proverbs before? Proverbs 4, 12, 14, 12. Right now, as I'm talking to some of you, you're already, if not that you're hearing this message, you are perhaps about to take another option because you think this one is too slow. No, God is not slow. God gives You know, if you collect anything from the devil, believe me, if he gave you one, he will collect 15. Eh? God is the only one person that will give you something and will last forever. I appeal to you, don't be in a hurry. God has not forgotten you. He will settle you in due course. Pastor Yomi quoted the scripture on Sunday. He said the time to favor Zion has come. Some of you are in your season of favor. Don't be in a hurry to leave. Don't. There is a way that seems right to a man. But the end is what? Death. In this kingdom, God is the architect of the way of your glorification. I was looking at the lady that won the gold, the gold medal. And I said, my prayer is, if God says you will leave Nigeria, God will make it happen. But if God says you will stay here, you will stay here. I said to myself, if this lady was in Nigeria, would she have attained this? Maybe not. I'm not sure she's one of those people that did everything to escape. Maybe for some divine orchestration, her parents just took her out of the country, and the environment there was able to respond to the gift of God in her life, and then eventually she attained it. None of those steps or journey were at deliberate calculations. None. Right now as I'm talking, you are calculating in your head. Eh, maradeti, and he said, that visa, I will buy it. Don't help God. He has a way for you. And if you can trust him enough, believe me, God will not disappoint you. Bible said in Psalm 34, said they look up to him, their face were lightened, and they were not ashamed. You will not see shame with God. Yeah. Number two, 
Number three. Can I go back to my slide? His story. You know, I, I, I saw this part and I said, Steve, oh, you know, in, in, every, in every story in life, there is a likelihood that you'll be a bad person in somebody's story. You know that. When somebody wants to tell your story, they don't know you, but they have labeled you a different character in the story. The story of men cannot affect the glory of God over your life. Let them say all they want to say. The real original owner of the script is God. Call me a bad man. If God has not called me a bad man, yours is nonsense. It does not affect the glory. They called him a thief. Is he not the redeemer today? If you listen too much to what people are saying, you will follow their story. But there's a story God has written for you. Jesus said, I knew him from the volume of the books. The whole story you even wrote for yourself, that is not the story God wrote for you. You know when you sit down sometimes alone and you're thinking, you're reflecting, ah, this is my life. As a child, I suffered. As a teenager, I suffered. As an adult now, I'm still suffering. All that is your story. But trust me, there is a different story that the end of the matter is gladness and joy. So the question is, which story would you believe? I believe the story of God concerning me. I believe the narrative of God concerning me. Because his story will bring forth the glory. Your story cannot change my glory. Whatever you like, say, your story will not change the glory of God over my life. Finally, when you understand timing, you understand his way and his story, the glory is inevitable. You will not leave this planet until you reveal the glory of God. In this your lifetime, God will commend you. In this your lifetime, men will commend God through you. I close on this note. Back to my slide. To the original slide, the first one. <clears throat> no, that was a slide I gave you when I came in. Back to that one. That's a closing slide for me. The slide I asked you to, the one I gave you when I came in. Listen to this quote. It's my closing sentence. You can't expect God to be the source of your peace if the world is the source of your satisfaction. What does this statement mean? It means all option is God. I will do it the God's way. I will do it the God's way. I will not look at the world. He said you can't expect God to be the source of your peace if the world is the source of your satisfaction. We have a responsibility to defend this glory. To defend the glory of our nation. To defend the glory of the church that we attend. When the man of God will say, post these things, it's a form of expressing the glory. You want to go out there and say, which church do you attend? He said, attend. Are you aware that Grace Assembly is a strong brand outside? Ah, no, no, no. You won't know until you try it. You will think because you don't see Pastor Smith, a lot of people know Pastor Femi like. And let me tell you one thing they know him for. 
among many things. He said his church is excellent. It's just that there is no time. I will have shown you how layers of expression of glory from your physical to your mental to your spiritual. You know one of the, the one of the reasons God gave us clothes to wear is part of, part of it is glory. Exodus 28, verse 2. He said, Wear that cloth so that men will see glory. All these raggy clothes you are wearing. No, some of them takes away glory. I saw it in scripture. Wear good clothes. We have we have been I've been chasing pastors since. You, you can't see him and insult him. Not because he has said anything. The hard look is glory. When you dress like a security man, why wouldn't they address you as such? I didn't write it in the Bible. Exodus is there. If you are going to dress, dress for glory. He said, dress for glory and beauty. Saints of God, you are in a great institution called the kingdom of God in the house of in, in Grace Assembly. Learn all you can learn. Gather all you can gather because God is waiting to commend you. And he shall commend us in the name of Jesus. If you have been blessed, put your hands together for the Lord tonight.